Hey, welcome back to Westeros Weekly. Yay! We did it. We came back. It's happening again. I'm Philip Molina, and with me this week, Eric Voss. Yeah. Hey guys, with Game of Thrones season eight upon us, we are kicking off this season of our Westeros Weekly after shows with two preview episodes over the next two weeks before the season premiere hits us on April 14th. Yeah, it's been almost, can you believe this? It's been almost two years yes. since season seven. I was what, 15? This is crazy. Yeah, I wasn't born yet. Yeah, uh, uh, that <laughs> is so believable. Uh, we know that you guys probably don't remember that much. Uh, I'll be super honest, even though we're super fans, like we still had to remind ourselves of how much happened in just uh, in last season alone yeah honestly. it's all hazy up there you know you may have vague memories of things like uh, gray scale or G- gray worm the movie the gray the wolf movie the Liam Neeson of, movie. it's part of the part cinematic of, no, universe yeah, yeah. yeah it's canon it's part yeah, of it. it's just yeah. happening Liam Neeson is having a side story a yes. side quest and then he'll He's like there. show up suddenly all yeah. right so we're here to cut through all of that fog and get all of your lingering questions answered that's the purpose of this show is answering your guys's questions of course we're still going to do our breakdowns uh eric's going to do a great job on that i'm excited for those but that's where we'll do the deep dives and get into all the imagery and all the things you miss here it's all about you guys and what you're wondering about and whatever it is that every week hopefully the whole world is probably freaking out about we'll react to that first here if you're watching this on youtube uh also remember you can now listen to it as a podcast we're really excited about that you can actually download the show in audio form a little earlier than when the video comes out uh but even more exciting than that this will be like a little bit earlier the breakdowns that you guys are always hounding eric about in the kindest way of like when's it gonna come out uh and he's in tears about it uh uh that's gonna come out earlier on the podcast too yes like a decent amount earlier. It's so much faster to do the audio than the video of those breakdowns. So if you guys are like, I need it as soon as possible to impress my friends at work or whatever, mm-hmm. the podcast is where it's at. So you're going to want to subscribe to that uh, on iTunes or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Look up specifically, the feed is called Westeros Weekly, but it will have this show. It'll have the breakdowns and it'll have any kind of special uh Game of Thrones related video or audio that we do during the season. Yes, you can uh, hear us on your commute or and then uh, once you need that visual component, you can watch that later and then you have both senses. You ever hear a robot <laughs> learn how to be human? Uh, you just did. Uh, uh, I have not learned yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, for your commute, your visual senses can be simulated as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, cortex. Uh, I only great. have three of the five. Uh, all right, uh, so let's get started as we always do on this show with the biggest question uh, that we have right now. And this has kind of developed since last season. It's a little bit of a theory that people are wondering about. So our big question, do we have, does this come into us? Oh, What's we got that? the big question Whoa! coming to us. Oh! Uh, Whoa, it's a raven oh, what uh, is this? who threw a, a question at us. Uh, let me see this. You want to take that? Yeah, uh, that was uh, for podcast listeners. Bird. Uh, a bird just <laughs> flew into the studio and delivers the big question. Are you ready? Bye, bird. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> flying backwards. He's off camera, so he's, so he's gone. All right. <laughs> uh, podcast listeners loving it. Uh, so the big question, who betrays John? Oh. Which is very interesting, Good right? Question, it's not something that people bird. hadn't been considering, uh, but uh, at well, I think this is Pokemon Battle Girl, maybe, yes. uh, is, is who kind I of started to bring this to our attention. A lot of you guys have asked us about yeah. this. Yeah. Well, a quick reminder of how Season 7 ended. It ended with that confirmation that Jon Snow is not only the son of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen, which we already knew, but that he's not a bastard at all. It was a legitimate son. They got married, and that makes him the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. More rightful than really any other character, unless you consider the whole conquest of the Iron Throne by Right, Robert the Barbeck. usurper yeah. uh, yeah. technically like didn't have the right, so 
the Targaryens, according to them, would have more of a yes. uh, uh, right to it. But sure. Sure. Um, now that news uh, was actually brought to us by Ace Investigative Reporter Gilly. Pi. <laughs> she 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 found that uh, note of Ragar Targaryen. But you know you don't have to pronounce things right to get it right, as we know. She just learned show. how to read hours ago. <laughs> so big steps, big steps she's taken. Yeah. Um, now only Bran and Samuel Tarly actually know the full story. Uh, they had that conversation at the end of season seven, and one of them is going to deliver this news to Jon Snow. Yeah, presumably. one will deliver it very insensitively and just like, just like matter of fact, and the other one will just stutter his way through it until he cries, <laughs> and Jon holds him. But to get to this question of who's <laughs> going to betray Jon, we know Jon already has some obvious enemies, right? Uh, Cersei Lannister, Euron Greyjoy, they already outright hate this guy when they had that big uh, powwow at King's Landing. And they've already teased that they're not going to be playing on the side that they're pretending to play on right. in this upcoming season. Yeah, they're, they're outright gonna, they're out for blood. But the reveal of his parentage might make Make some other enemies up north. Uh, there's a couple people who might want to stab him in the back, uh, add those wounds to yeah. the scar collection that he already has <laughs> littering yeah. his body. Uh, his his ripped, toned, scar riddled body, uh, just like me. Um, now, mm, I, I think it's important to note here that we don't mean. Um, like these are people who have secret, secretly always been against John. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that is is almost the easy way out. It's realizing that him being revealed as a Targaryen changes the playing field for them, and it, it actually means does John have ulterior motives? So these could be justified people, at least to, to some extent. Yes. Uh, so remember that you know John was a very decent dude, and he was kind to the Free Folk, and that got him stabbed to death right. just because of the difference of perspective, right? On like who your allegiances are. My point is, Snow knows betrayal. By the way, Snow knows, potential name for uh, Direwolf. Uh, oh. if, there's a, if there's another one that's gonna show up. That's Snow knows, all yeah. Snow knows. Snow knows. A real uh, coke addict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This 80s uh, agent, uh, yeah, Direwolf, dire wolf is he's like, amped and ready he to gets go. stuff done. Yeah, uh, gonna write a ton of screenplays. I like uh, how in my head he was like, uh, potentially uh, Airbud equivalent, but you were like, yeah, yeah, but like a coke addict. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Airbud who gets uh, disqualified for the season for yeah. substance abuse. Yeah, all right, abuse. so pick us up on, yeah. on the yeah. end of last season, Eric, with what we're talking okay, about. Okay, well, here. here's, uh, we were talking about this, how things just seemed looking a little too neat, a little too tidy at the end of last season. You have the good guys on one side, you have the Night King and the Army of the Dead on the other side, and then you have Cersei and Euron Greyjoy, you're just kind of waiting to take on whoever survives that battle between good versus evil, man versus uh, nature. But there's no way it's going to be that simple, right? George R. R. Martin loves to subvert expectations, pull out the rug from under us, uh, and anytime we start rooting for one character or for one side oh, to win, uh, we end up feeling really bad about ourselves. That's and why I only root for the worst attention. people. Yes, because <laughs> they seem to always come out yeah. on top um now so we're coming back to this idea of there's shades of gray and there are other characters who seem to be on a team john and daenerys who are probably going to flip on them betray them or let them down or disappoint them in some way well or even just disappoint and let down john right for sure like so first up is his partner in, in all the boat rocking we saw last season <laughs> and his auntie uh daenerys right yes I actually don't think that she would mind being related to John. Remember, it was a different right. time. It was the 80s. Uh, but there's uh, there's even the chance that like maybe she makes that like him more. Remember that that is a Targaryen kind of tradition. They try to keep yeah. their bloodline very pure. Uh, they purposely did it. A lot of times they would wed brother to sister. Mm -hmm. So uh, she might have 
no problem with that, but she might have an issue with him potentially having a claim to the Iron Throne. Yes. We know she's been pretty intense about her being the only rightful heir. Uh, so as the only surviving son of the firstborn son of the Mad King, he technically does have a stronger claim. We went over to that for a second ago. Uh, but she spent, what, one, two, seven seasons thinking that she should be the rightful ruler of Westeros and practicing. Meanwhile, he's like got good at dying. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Daenerys' whole claim is that Robert's rebellion was illegitimate. He stole the throne. That was not a legit, that broke the Targaryen, uh, Targaryen dynasty and that, that forced her into uh, seclusion and exile. But now that she's still alive and she has an army, mm-hmm. that gives her a stronger claim. But now that Jon, yeah, is a grandson, he has a definitely stronger claim. And her whole idea is that she wanted to break the wheel, right? She wanted to smash the patriarchy. Right, how'd you say it? Uh, I'm going to break the wheel. Yeah, I'm just going to like uh, pimp Eric out and make him do impressions as often as I can. That wasn't a good one. Pimp me out for ones I could do. Yeah, uh, Last uh, week it was Aria. I don't want to do an yeah, Amazie Williams your, uh, voice. Pepper Ann uh, next. Uh, <laughs> to this. All right. That's a deep cut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, so here's the question. Is she going to conquer all that land with her dragons just to give up the crown to a very handsome nephew that she's hooking up with? No. Uh, she's a Mad King's daughter. She has a temper. We saw her burn Randall Tarley and his son Dickon Tarley, and that was very recent. That is not his name. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, like she had a chance to show mercy to them and win over some of the lords of uh, the, the crown lands or, or uh, the uh, friendly to high garden people. Yeah. Uh, and she said, no, you guys were assholes. I'm going to burn you alive in front of all of your men. So this is the daughter of the Mad King that we're seeing right now. Yeah. She still has a temper. And like not to not to get too sciencey or whatever, but mental illness is uh, many times genetic. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Some people were saying that with the Targaryens, it's proven it's not like, you know, how Cleopatra's brother uh, through uh, incest uh, I know, was, I know was so a monster. Much about that. Uh, they don't have uh, physical deformities, but it does lead to some kind of like a uh, couple screws Dope. loose yeah, in the head. Brain deformities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think there is a decent argument there, honestly. I think that would be great conflict, too, for the upcoming season is introduce these two lovers and then immediately have them uh, at odds with, with who, you know, should be in charge. I don't know that John would stand up to that right like yeah. he might be like whatever <laughs> right. you do you girl yeah uh but it, it just problems. would be really interesting could you imagine if romeo and juliet actually uh climaxes and like a, the fact that they have to now fight for the montagues and capulets and like against each other that Ooh. you know while being in love with each other there's a whole better epilogue yeah. to that shakespeare play. come on yeah. like learn something right know when to end your stories yeah <laughs> uh so that's one potential solid option but also there's another semi-blood related option of mm. someone i think that could potentially cause him some drama and i think we saw hints of that that's sansa oh uh, yes yeah she's gone against john before right especially uh when littlefinger was influencing her he was mm. really trying to set her up to potentially he thought chaos was a ladder He Mm -hmm. very much thought that she could be the one that's uh, left over at the top of that. Mm -hmm. So if you remember the Battle of the Bastards, uh, she called in the Knights of the Vale without telling John. Yeah, that was weird. She didn't tell him. Huge power move. Saved the day at the same time. So of course she's legitimized. It would have been nice to know that. Maybe rethink a strategy. Lose fewer Northerners. Yeah, you ever do something like that is like technically bad, but then it works out so you don't apologize? (laughs) Yeah, it'd be like, yeah, it ends justified the means there, right? I'm referencing something specific you did to me, and Uh we'll talk about it later. (laughs) We'll never. But so John was running around at that time. He was running, running around Westeros, you know, being like 
Johnny Appleseed of whites. Just uh, <laughs> I, I don't really know what I mean by that. But uh, <laughs> but, but he was uh, uh, planting an apple of a white in, in every different place. You know, I don't. I didn't grow up speaking English. Did uh, Johnny Appleseed uh, kidnap an apple tree to prove to other people that apple trees existed? I thought he was the founder of Apple Computers uh, in the '70s in a garage uh, with uh, a big. Green favorite giant. Ashton Kutcher movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yada, yada. John is uh, uh, climbing a beanstalk or whatever uh, around Westeros, but Sansa stayed in the north. Mm-hmm. And what does the north do? They never forget, uh, especially when it comes to Targaryens, who they fought a war against not that long ago. In this uh, culture, you passed your grudges along to your children. Oh, well, yeah. in our culture, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so northerners are already going to be very pissed that their king bent the knee to a Targaryen. Yeah. That's not something that's really gone around yet. Uh, so when they find out that he is a Targaryen, that umbrage of the umbers that's going to come. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the, umbers. the uh, conniption of the Karstarks. Oh, I love that alliteration. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> those both are okay, right? Uh, Sansa uh, takes her ruler duties very seriously in managing her alliances. Yeah. Maybe she takes that as seriously as being a Stark, which technically, by the way, like she's going to feel like she's really the Stark here, not him. Mm-hmm. Uh, could Sansa siding with the Northern Houses be something she does against John and maybe be that bittersweet ending that George R. R. Martin keeps uh, alluding to and maybe testing bias to see if that's how he should end his books because <laughs> yeah. that's clearly what he's doing is wondering <laughs> what we're going to like. Could that be it though? Yeah. She would get to complete her journey. She That's basically been her arc, right? Become some uh-huh. independent uh, actualized leader at the expense of potentially what's going to turn out to just be her half brother slash cousin. Oh yeah. Remember that she also, sorry to keep going here, but remember that if there's a character that she's most like now, it's Catelyn Stark, yeah. who is the one person who was able to have almost like an allegiance to technically raising John and you know making sure that he's fed and cared for, but no love for him, right? Yeah. She didn't want to see him succeed. Really. If there's any character that she's more like, it would be Cersei. Like there was some evidence at the end of season seven that she was picking up some uh, political tactics from the style that she hated. Too. She tricked uh, Littlefinger into coming into what was essentially a false trial, not unlike the green trial that blew up the Sept of Baylor, which you know there was a fake trial that ended up just being a trap, the same way that it was for Littlefinger. So she's in many ways just as treacherous potentially as this woman who was basically yeah. her captor for years. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. But there's another character, uh, Sir Frenstone himself, Jorah Mormont. Sir, uh, yeah. Sorry, can you pronounce his name again very clearly? Jorah Mormont. Oh, uh, I meant Sir Frenstone. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, he uh, he has betrayed Daenerys before, right? He uh, he promised uh, Quaith from Karth way back in season two that he would never do it again. But that doesn't mean he won't betray someone else, especially a guy he's jealous of, the person who he feels could be a threat to his queen. Uh, John has been a bunch of things Jorah was never able to be uh, Daenerys' lover. Uh, he's like a son to Jorah's father, Jor Mormont. Mormont. He actually got the sword that Jor Mormont was supposed to give to Jorah, but because Jorah sold slaves, he was exiled from, from Westeros. Right, he's got like uh, a sweet like sword-holding spot yeah. in his cave or whatever he lives yeah, in. Yeah. yeah, there was that moment where like, uh, where uh, Jorah refused to take back Longclaw from Well, John yeah, and he does have six. honor, right? And yeah. he does get that, but at the same time, he didn't really know, like, oh, but also you're going to take my girl? But also, he's got that grayscale, and sure, it seemed like Sam cured it, but who knows what's going on underneath well, the surface. And, and they say grayscale, if there's anything, it's uh, uh, similar to, you'll understand this, syphilis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this idea that it doesn't just have this uh, grotesque uh, way that it affects you, but also it drives you mad Thank slowly. you for syphilis explaining to me oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all this. That would imply that I have 
have syphilis, uh, but maybe we all do. Is that the thing that you're mad about? <laughs> I'm not going to uh, apologize. Like, it turned out okay, so I didn't get mad. <laughs> so uh, I think Jorah is honestly just like an easy, easy guess, honestly. Like, he might even try to betray him and not even be the biggest betrayal. Yes. You know who I think would emotionally be the biggest betrayal for John? Hmm. Arya. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's a good point. So they were very close as mm -hmm. kids, uh, even though she clearly has changed a lot. If anything, she's grown far more than he has. He might be, you know, the king in the north, but Arya is like, an un, she's unknowable to the, to the person that she was before. She's the stranger Completely shut yeah. down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, now she slits throats and wears people's faces on the reg. I think that she'll still be cool with him when they reunite. I, initially, she talked about being a fan of dragon riding and uh, the warrior kings uh, Visenya and uh, Rhaenys, I think. Uh, Rhaenys? Yeah, the, yeah. the other sister. Yeah, it rhymes yeah. with, uh, anyway. Uh, and so I think she will be jazzed to potentially have Daenerys in her family. They can talk about killing lords and other fun, like, girl stuff. <laughs> but uh, that said, like, maybe if it, if it matters to her more to, to like, a lot uh, oh well, it's tough now that i'm saying this i'm wondering like i was about to say if she needs to side with sansa for some reason maybe she would turn on john but as soon as i was about to say that i was like maybe we should be wondering is Arya going to turn on sansa yeah i don't know if Arya's that interested in northern politics you know and whether john was right to bend the knee to this targaryen interloper to me Arya's journey has been more defined by her kill list and her desire to get revenge so that's an interesting point how about the fact that does she care more about succeeding, uh, completing her kill list than she does about defeating the White Walkers? Yeah. Protecting John in That's any what I way? Think. I don't know if she, it may be a form of betrayal. I could see her uh, leaving the battlefield altogether and being like, you know what? This isn't my fight to fight. I need to go down south. There's people who, who are still walking and breathing who need to die yeah. right now. Let me, let me give you an image. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be ridiculous, but at least it'll, under, it'll explain like conceptually what could happen. She's in battle. She's like being a badass, just like swinging around people's necks slicing their heads off uh and she sees in one part john is fighting uh you know who, who knows the night king or something they're having like a badass battle and she like is like oh maybe i should go help him and then out of the corner of her eye she sees cersei trying to you know find her contact lines on the ground or something <laughs> and she's like oh but i could yeah. knock out my kill list right here and someone i hate so much and be torn between helping her her brother and someone who she loves and fulfilling everything that she's been training for and like her mantra, right? She almost mm -hmm. brainwashed herself. Yeah. What do you think is more likely? I, I think it's more likely that she goes back to her mantra. I mean, I imagine I what I hope happens is some kind of like cyclical repetition where the way the hound left the fight at Blackwater and he saw fire and he goes, oh, F this, and he left. I kind of want Arya to repeat that move. Uh, what do you the think her trigger would be? Uh, ice versus fire. Right? <laughs> yeah. She uh, sees an ice cube. Or maybe someone dies and uh, the Battle of Winterfell ends very poorly for the uh, heroes and they are left scrambling and they all are scattered and I then mean, her uh, direction that she ends up is south. Right, the Battle of Winterfell is uh, episode three. Mm -hmm. I think we, we've heard uh, this season. That's, you know, the midpoint. Right, like if right. if our if we're gonna end structurally on a win, hopefully, fingers crossed, 
then the midpoint you probably are going to be at their lowest low. Yeah, it needs to down. be. Um, yeah, it needs to be a mess at the end of that battle, at the very least. But let's talk about everyone's favorite eunuch, Varys. Right? Yeah, that guy's. He's always got something up his sleeve. We don't know what his whole game plan is, but he claims to serve the realm and that he believes Daenerys is good for the realm. And uh, so long as Daenerys stands by John, you have to imagine that Varys would too. But he's got a very uh, confused outlook. He's, he was told by Vel- uh, Melisandre that he would die on Westeros, and that kind of uh, that screwed his up. His his mind a little bit so uh, you have to wonder what he's working on i kind of feel like when littlefinger died that kind of changed the rules of the game on the show to where like uh, cunning tacticians and political masterminds like littlefinger and Varys have lesser of a role to play in these yeah final it's events. almost the uh the famous scene from indiana jones right with the guy who has the amazing sword play or whatever yeah. and then india shoots him yeah harrison ford like, had uh, uh, a dysentery that day and uh yeah, and syphilis, i think it was uh <laughs> oh boy but uh lawsuits but, <laughs> coming in. oh the raven's back with a uh, cease and desist <laughs> Uh, but I, I do think that you, that you have a point that, um, you know, the people that we see die on the show are the people that don't adapt and change. Yes. And Littlefinger, we're going to talk actually about him next episode, I think, about Ooh. what his real deal is. <gasps> but uh, this episode, it's worth noting that if he is dead, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that it might be because he stuck to his version of playing the game while mm. the game was evolving and he didn't evolve with it. Yeah. Now, Varys is probably the person that played the game mo- most similarly and very much always has these secret games that he's he's up to. His Wiz in a Box, right? We, yeah. talked, we talked about that earlier. Uh, I think that one thing to note, though, is that if there's a single singular motivation, it's the good of the realm. And I think it's not hard to think of what side he's going to be on unless Danny dies. Ah, and if Danny dies, everything. I mean, this guy is so plan- planning ahead. You know he's got like, all right, who's number two? Who's number three? He's, mm-hmm. he's got his order of succession yeah. uh, as a uh, secretary of education on there somewhere. Uh, I'm wondering who he immediately aligns with if Danny goes I mean, down. Tyrion would probably be his go-to at that point, maybe. Which is interesting because does Tyrion want to lead? I don't know. Right, I feel like a, those are a lot of good options. I mm. want to take some people just off the plate of just I don't think that's going to happen. And it's just honestly just they're, they're too honorable. Mm-hmm. Brian and Davos. Yeah. I think both of those people just like don't understand what it means. Yeah, like loyal to a fault, probably. Mm, maybe. Uh, yeah, I saw this great thing of just like nobody says anything and Brian's like, I, I uh, swear allegiance to you. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> like she's just so you ready. You don't have to swear allegiance, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, I think they're too good for this. I think they're the noblest, most honorable characters on the show. Sure. Uh, they'll probably poison everybody and run off together because I said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, hey, this picture could be their wedding invite. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, podcast listeners, uh, it's Brian and Davos just making out fiercely. Be lucky that you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, cool. So now before I get to the strongest candidate to betray John... Uh, I want to ask you who you think I'm thinking of. Mm, let's see. Strongest candidate to betray John. Uh, 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 the, uh, mm, I, I can't read your mind. Okay. I was just testing that, and I'm glad to finally find out it's true. Yeah. All right. Tyrion, dude. Three, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, obviously. I, I didn't know if you had a more obscure answer. Yeah, yeah, well, just Tyrion like has kind of become a uh, a little bit of a slightly watered down, more mellow version of himself mm-hmm. uh, over the years. He very much has like uh, liked John in the past, but he's no stranger to lies and betrayal. And here's my big thing that I think is like secretly happening in the background. 
he's probably in love with Danny. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I mean, get in mm. line. Like, who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> but but also, like, you know, Jorah's been on deck for a while. Like, all these people have reasons why they, they could betray uh, John. Remember in the in the Dragon Pit in the season seven finale when John angers Cersei uh, by saying that he's already bent the knee to Danny? Tyrion tells him, have you ever considered learning how to lie every now and then? Oh, yeah. So I feel like maybe foreshadowing potentially of, like, there's something that he's not being honest oh, about. Oh, right. And then after that, there was that scene where he had a meeting with Cersei and then uh, it was after she revealed that she's like a tiny bit pregnant uh, but a little then we, bit. we cut away from the rest of their conversation they didn't show us how that conversation ended right. and I remember at the time we when we saw that we were like you know it's kind of weird how right after that Cersei came back to Jon and Daenerys to announce sure I'll send my troops to help fight the dead that's weird that that would be Cersei's negotiating position, right? Like you don't put your foot down and tell your brother you're pregnant and then back away from where you put your foot down earlier. That's that's odd. Uh, now Cersei didn't get to be queen, but be bad at negotiating or not having some kind of secret plan where she's about to blow everyone up at a sept. Uh, I, think, I think Tyrion must have offered something to Cersei secretly on behalf of the Stark Targaryen alliance. Uh, like some people were thinking maybe he promised Cersei that Daenerys would name Cersei's baby as uh, Daenerys's heir. And I know that sounds crazy until you remember that everyone thinks Daenerys cannot have children right now anyways, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so uh, maybe he told his sister about Daenerys's lost dragon, Viserion, and told her to lie about sending her troops north, and Cersei doesn't need to learn how to lie from Tyrion. She's already great at it. But Tyrion might have uh, definitely like co-lied with her. It, it just definitely feels like if Tyrion is still in this story, it's not just to align with somebody else. Right. right? He's just too interesting a character. He is the, you know, we were talking earlier about that thing you did to me, but it ended up being for the greater good. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Mystery. Uh, I think that absolutely that's the kind of thing that Tyrion would do. He's almost a a more active, uh, aggressive version of what uh, Viserys does, or not, sorry, uh, of what um, Varys does. Of like, look, it's for the greater good, even if it means ultimately betrayal. He also has no issue with being accepted as a villain and somebody who's you know no pun intended but looked down upon right like he's like fine I'll play that role uh, I'll, I'll be the bad guy if it means that we win at the end of the day. Yeah, his rage at the people of King's Landing during his trial yeah. is a good moment. He's and not he, afraid to be a scapegoat. And if you kind of think, like, you guys are like, nah, that's not my Tyrion, I'm going to remind you where we left Tyrion last season uh, when uh, oh, right, yeah. Dan and Johnny are on the love boat. Uh, <laughs> so... He, he made this face, and uh, I love a thumbnail we made about this where it said, why he mad? Why, why Tyrion mad? Why he mad? Yeah. Uh, and it's because, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons, actually, I guess, why he's scowling. Um, it's not just that they're, they're knocking boots in there and, and he's not um, getting to play along. It's uh, <laughs> maybe he feels betrayed by both of them. Yeah. Right. That I mean, like to put that in front of what they, what they actually have going on. He certainly clearly seems like he has the weight of the world on him in that moment. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just mad that their love will cloud their judgment uh, as they lose sight of what the real problem is. But maybe it's also true that Tyrion wants to save both, you know, the Westeros, but also the Lannister family. And maybe this lie, if it's possible, between him and Cersei will keep the Northern forces focused on the dead. And if they defeat them, the Northerners will be weak weekend and uh it'll make them more likely to have to uh seek a truce with the lannisters down mm-hmm. south bend the knee to them potentially uh to do that he would have to sell out john and danny probably compromise everyone's chances at surviving sure uh and not having all the armies of westeros to fight the night kings or having to fight a war on two fronts really hurts the chances of john and danny and makes Tyrion's betrayal all the more bitter if we think that's where his character is going to go man 
I kind of all that said is like, wow, we made a decent argument there. Maybe mm-hmm. he will he will do that. And then I'm like, oh dang, I hate when your favorite character on the show might just piss you off real yeah. bad, even if it's really great or good. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, let I think us know. It's surprise us in some way. Yeah, yeah uh, let us know in the comments. Um, if you're on the Himalaya app, listening to us on a podcast, there's also comments on there that we can check out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I do. Here's the one thing. I think it's not going to go well for John, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a little too much allegiance going on. We already know that Cersei is, is planning something, but I think the um, the fact that we know that kind of like lessens the surprise then, so that means something else is going to surprise all of us, John sure. included. Yeah. Well, that's the story on who's potentially going to betray John. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up later on in the show, we are going to take your Twitter questions and uh, do our best on answering those. But uh, that's not the only way you can participate. I don't know right. if you guys remember last season, but we did power rankings uh, where you guys actually help us figure out who's kind of winning Westeros oh, yeah, that yeah. week. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways, right? Like, even though uh, Arya isn't most likely to end up on the throne necessarily in one week, she certainly ended up at the top of the power rankings uh, on that first episode. Uh you know, when she took out a whole family, basically, right, yeah. uh, on her own. So what you can do, you can tweet those questions uh, at us with the hashtag Westeros Weekly. But on that same uh, Twitter account, at New Rockstars, uh, you'll be able to follow. We're going to post how you can help contribute to these power rankings each week. Then we use this really intense, super mathematic machine, mm-hmm. uh, Devin's calculator. Uh, yes. And we'll produce our, our weekly power rankings and then announce those every week. Uh, but again, you guys totally uh, help us figure that out. So as a recap for where we left the power rankings mm-hmm. last season, uh, it ended with John, Cersei, and Euron Greyjoy, uh, the Russell Crowe of Westeros, in a three-way tie for third place. Okay. Actually, Danny was in second place. And if you're wondering, well, then that's all the big characters who's in first place. Boom, the Night King. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Obviously. Because he certainly won that season. Yeah, he, he knocked down the wall. He got a dragon. Yeah, he didn't right. lose at all. He's a great spear thrower. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you worship him uh, in every yes. way. I thought we weren't going to get into my religious beliefs on this channel. <laughs> I said that's all we're going to get into. But anyway, uh, so that was like two years ago, though. I mean, Eric went through puberty in that time. A lot's mm-hmm. changed. Yeah, reborn. So, yeah. So you were reborn, too. <laughs> Uh, as a Night King uh, follower. <laughs> Getting into so, my baptismal beliefs. Yeah. So I think that there's a chance that maybe with some trailers and some distance, maybe some power rankings have changed. Maybe mm. somebody will finally throw Samuel Tarly the respect he deserves. Yeah. I mean, he cured Grayscale. He yeah. figured out John isn't a bastard. He's going to figure out probably how to start making Valyrian steel again, which is a long lost art. Yeah, he's the hero of people who believe that just through research and reading enough Wikipedia articles, you can really change the world. Yeah, if he were alive now, he'd have a dope YouTube channel. Oh, absolutely. Is what we're saying. Yeah. All yeah. right, just throw my man some votes, okay? Uh, so we're going to like update that in future weeks. Just make sure to follow our Twitter account. All right, so let's move on with what we were saying. Uh, Whoa! That- hey, you held on to it this time, uh, little guy. <laughs> I forgot bird. that we were doing this raven thing. Uh, uh, oh. a, a raven has has flown in with a, a question. Oh, it's a note for me. Yes. Do you like well, me? I can't oh, no. break someone else's wax seal. Yeah, send the raven back. Send it Reverse back. Reverse flight. flight. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. The raven brings us a question from at Heaven Dragneel. Uh, okay, yeah, this is a question that we've all been asking, right? Uh, which characters do you believe will actually survive all of season eight? Mm. So, okay. Funny that this person uh, mentions that because here's something new we're doing this season of Westeros Weekly. 
Deathpool. Deathpool. Oh, yeah. Deathpool. So it is part of a cinematic universe, and uh, Liam Neeson is part of it still? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. That Deadpool. was my one Deadpool impression. The Fox uh, Disney one merger one. allows everything to be a singularity. Yeah, Disney owns all. Yeah. Uh, Mickey. Mickey is going to take the throne. Uh, he already sits on a throne. <laughs> uh, the toilet? He's on the toilet. Uh, yeah, He's got yeah, bad right, right now. Yeah. Don't look at me. All right. Uh, Consume too much. Okay, this is getting weird. So l- let me get back to this uh, uh, death poll. So what you guys need to do is go to guessthethrone.com and on there, search for Westeros Weekly. We have our own poll there. We're also going to link to it on Twitter. And you guys can pick who you think is going to die during the final season of the show. And then we'll see if your predictions are actually better or worse than uh, mine or Eric's. If they're better than Eric's, you can have his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so, and then Fair. we'll shout out also the uh, the folks that do the best on the show. We're kind of like, say, hey, look who's currently uh, doing the best on our pool. And then the grand winner will get a prize. Eric? It's something better than my job? Yeah. <laughs> my home? <laughs> $11. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's better. I'll take the $11. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, any form of payment, I'm sure you'd appreciate mm-hmm. it. All right. Uh, so in our next episode, we're going to go over who we think will live or die and why. Um, I haven't finished all of my research on, on what I'm how I'm deciding that, but I do think that. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> what? What? What is this? <laughs> you took a different route. Oh, it's a different bird. I'm so oh, sorry. How embarrassing I'm, for oh, you. Oh, yeah, boy. they don't. They don't oh, all look gosh. alike, Eric. Uh, we just they got don't. another raven in. Uh, uh, I love the people that are playing this in their car right now <laughs> and swerving every time they hear caca. All right, so uh, just a burning question here. Who's the bigger threat? So upcoming in the season, mm-hmm. the Night King or Cersei? Ooh, interesting. They're calling it a burning question, right? Because uh, ah. fire <laughs> is uh, important. Uh, from the first episode, we've known about this creepy looming threat uh, from the from the north, right? Um, and uh, that's the White Walkers. But there's also another threat: Cersei Lannister and her often poisonous wine. Uh, now, <laughs> right. sure, the Night King can turn a baby into a blue-eyed killer with just a touch, but Cersei can turn a man into a baby with just some truly killer side eye, and she doesn't need to touch you. If she does, you'll probably die, as the Sand Snakes found. Just yeah. with a kiss, you can kill someone. She she had that big moment at the end of uh, season six, obviously, where she uh, brew up the great uh, set. I, I like you called it the the green trial. Is that the name that people? Uh, go for some it people are calling it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Dope. Uh, and uh, uh, basically, she knocked out all of her haters in one fell swoop. Yeah. Uh, so. Then in season seven, she was kind of a bit quieter, right? She was like laying low. She was just like chilling as like the dark black goth queen, uh, which I actually was like there for, for sure. Uh, But then the Night King kind of took all the attention that season. That said, doesn't that feel like rhythmically that might swing the other yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. She seemed to. What were her big moves? Right. She she got revenge against the Sand Snakes from Marcella. She wanted gold from High Garden, and then she uh, has this pregnancy negotiation, and then this possibly secret uh, betrayal against the forces of the North. But I don't think we're done with her, right? Like, there's going to be more politics, more maneuvering, uh, and you know there are uh, dragons and giants, magic, reanimated corpses. But the most important moments of the show, according to George R. R. Martin, are really the politics, the the depths of human nature how evil can people be in their pursuit of power and no one has been the poster child of that more than Cersei on the show right or in the Lannisters in general right the sure. uh, the people who executed Ned Stark the people who orchestrated the Red Wedding right mm-hmm. um, so if we're if there's one last ditch kind of like playing the politics it's got to come through Cersei absolutely so are we saying that Cersei's actually the bigger threat 
You know, it it depends on so. on uh, she's uh, the threat that could cost them the war with the Night King for sure. Oh, absolutely, she could but. be the spoiler of that. And I think there was a theory that we brought up before that the Night King might fly Viserion south to King's Landing first. There was a brilliant person on Reddit who came up with this idea that he might go to the to the south to King's Landing, turn, convert the army of the Golden Company and whatever forces the Lannisters have, and then Night Queen Cersei joining with him could uh, they could join forces and become an equally deadly threat. Yeah. Back up north, man. Yeah? I love when I can't figure out our way out for our heroes. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which right. is like, it all right, as, uh, well then dire. you should lose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So also, if season eight is about to be this giant fantasy world version of a zombie movie which oh my god that's how awesome this season's gonna be i just realized uh what is the top lesson that we have learned from zombies and in, in you know previous movies and in tv shows it's always about the other living humans uh, that yes. you have to worry about the most right obviously the walking dead oh my god they are the walking dead right, right? we like, are the monsters right, Megan exactly. is more threatening now right at the, this point yeah. i mean it's kind of just like you know avoid the side of the road or don't go into forest or whatever i mean uh, Carl She's, has been the most deadly character on The Walking Dead, right? Yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> He's Cersei, too merciful. Stop letting in outsiders, yeah. Carl. Cersei is the Carl of Westeros. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cersei. Right, we all get what that means, right? Every, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, Oscar producer says, same haircut. Oh, that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> she always wears that cowboy hat, right? Yeah, exactly. It's her, that's how they cut it. It's a bowl cut with a cowboy hat. For sure. All right. But so, she's not alone. She's got some weapons heading yeah. into season eight. She's got Euron Greyjoy. He's still fine. Uh, he's still trying to bet himself with a queen. Cersei's a good option for him. Uh, and I, he, you almost didn't say with a queen. She's like, he's still trying to bet himself. Yeah, he's just trying to learn. <laughs> um, but the he, she also has the fiercest navy of Westeros with the Iron Fleet. Uh, he has the silence, the battering ram ship that's been unbeaten. He's... Uh, uh, and currently, he's shepherding the 20,000-member uh, army of the Golden Company from Essos. And we saw a piece of that in the trailer, right? Uh, there was that uh, guy leading. We saw uh, that's not all of them, right? Uh, yeah. No, it looks like 20,000 on one yeah, ship. Yeah, it's just round up. Yeah. If you guys are uh, listening to the podcast, it's a picture of uh, Varys and Brienne making out. Uh, so um, it just explains so much in these things but uh, talking about the Golden Company here for a second one I just think it's funny that if this really were truly following um, you know the history of the world as it's played out which he tries to sample from very likely that they get caught in a hurricane the whole fleet gets sunk and like these people are just all uh, on the bottom of the ocean Uh, but say that doesn't happen and it probably won't the Golden Company just a reminder for you guys of why they're a big threat they are the sellswords from Essos Uh Um, they're kind of like the second sons uh, that Dario Naharis was the leader uh, of. Yes. But honestly, these guys have a better win-loss record. Yes, like a different sure. mercenary army. Yeah, yes. and uh, and now we often, uh, often establish on the show that mercenary armies aren't necessarily, uh, they have no allegiance. Right. Um, but that said, this is a very, very threatening one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the one that's backed by the bank? Uh, yes, the Iron Bank gave Cersei the right. money to be able to pay for it. Exactly. Them. And so, uh, you know, the Iron Bank definitely operates off of statistics. And mm-hmm. so they feel like this is statistically the biggest impact they can have on the war. Yeah, so the Westeros equivalent of betting markets, right? Betting right. markets have the, yeah. Yeah, Betty Marcus. <laughs> Betty Marcus. Uh, anyway, uh, so they famously uh, don't break their contracts, so we shouldn't have to worry about allegiance. The Golden Company says that their word is good as 
Golden Gold. Company. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's a fitting pairing, actually, for the Lannisters who always pay their debts. Uh-huh. Right? Like, well, you, they're not going to break their allegiance, and the Lannisters aren't going to forget, uh, you know, what what they owe. Um, their other motto uh, for the Golden Company is "Beneath the gold, the bitter steel." Ooh, that's a yeah. better, yeah. That's a much better one, right? It's yeah, like, as opposed to like buy our mattresses. Our word is yeah, as good yeah, as we'll gold. never break our gold. Yeah. <laughs> Trade uh, in your golden necklaces for mattresses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, bitter steel. Go with bitter steel. Yeah. Why is bitter steel an important word here? So, well, okay. So that's a reference to their. Well, one, obviously, it's it's a reference to sword, right? The taste of sword uh, in your mouth, uh, not feeling too good. But also, it's actually more specifically a reference to Agor Rivers. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the they called fire. him uh, yeah. yeah bitter steel. Mm. Uh, they even carry around. This is amazing. His gilded skull, oh, yeah. meaning they literally carry with them a golden version of bitter steel's skull like they dipped it in gold held it i guess by like a stick and then you know uh-huh. and then you dip it into gold you remember yeah <laughs> yeah i was part of an improv cult that did that <laughs> yeah exactly with Del close skull yes uh great all right so uh they're led now by this guy harry strickland uh uh-huh. of the boy band fame uh is that who i'm thinking of <laughs> yeah, right yeah. yeah you started dating uh, yeah exactly uh been much better when he went solo uh mm. so uh we think he's kind of like this jamie lookalike if you look at this picture oh, uh yes. in the season eight trailer i think it's very interesting that just as jamie has left cersei a new jamie is gonna like show up and look mm-hmm, exactly like mm-hmm. the way he used to be uh and the the version that she loved mm-hmm. instead of the like kind of weakling uh that she's she's come to know recently mm-hmm. um in the books harry strickland is chubby and gray-haired and complains about how much his feet hurt a lot <laughs> so it looks like they're going in a slightly sexier direction and there's probably a reason for that right uh, why like would you other than first, people or? don't like to look at uggos on tv screens in 4k oh, gotcha. but uh they there might be a plot reason a narrative reason in order to create some tension between him and euron Greyjoy, yeah what's perhaps? funny yep. is that you remember again euron is trying to bet himself a uh, queen yes. uh and so for him to bring over like this like like pretty boy is probably not the smartest move yeah you know it's interesting that they're bringing in this new key player in this final season of game of thrones as big as important as the golden company is in the books it's like we have six more episodes why are we seeing them this late for the first time in season eight now that could be uh, mean that they're playing a bigger role in, in cersei's endgame and it could be more evidence for that theory we were talking about that they're just there to be a, a larger army that the night king can convert into white walkers right right which get be, enough of that theory yeah which yeah. I, which does a nice job also of uh, my favorite thing in, in later stages of a conflict is actually going back to what we already have uh, and then, you know, making that worse. Uh, all adding the Golden Company is a little bit adding a new player, but going back to what we have and, uh, you know, converting them. Great. They're just Night King people. That's yeah. much more interesting to me. Hopefully it goes that way. Yeah. Um, also, just a, a reminder, the Golden Company were formed by the exiled uh, king, bastards of King Aegon IV. Yeah. That's um, what started the Blackfire Rebellion, right? Right. Yeah. So he had a bunch of bastards, kind of like Robert Baratheon or Eric Boss. But <laughs> on his deathbed, he legitimized all of those bastards, actually. And then uh-huh. he proceeded to fight several wars against Aegon's other children in the Blackfire right. Rebellion. That's what those are, to take over the Iron Throne. So this is not only like a feared elite military unit we have here, but they're also one whose leaders are all descended from Targaryens, uh, who all see they all thought mm. they should be the kings of the uh, Seven Kingdoms. So I'm thinking that instinct is probably going to kick back in for them maybe if they do show up this is if they're like going to be a better threat than just being part of right. the Night king's army yeah uh so maybe they also by the way 
you could throw them out out the door, right? Like, they don't have to not betray Cersei. Uh, maybe they also could fight for the Targaryen king, since that's what their blood alignment uh, is, or queen with Jon and uh, Danny. Yeah, that'd be a particularly cynical way for the show to end, that these game players that or game changers that we never saw earlier in the series are the ones who end up on the throne, just because they have another claim, and it's a way to show that the war for the Iron Throne is not as important as these characters have been making out to be. Uh, now, they've been mentioned a few times before. Actually, remember Sir Davos, uh, was advising Stannis Baratheon and Stannis brought up the idea of hiring the Golden Company and Sir Davos was like, why would you do that? They aren't loyal. And then uh, they had a, a big fight. Uh, but they are fiercely loyal to whoever pays them. Um, so if they show up to fight for Cersei, um, will they uh, sell out the living in the Great War with the dead? Uh, we also need to remember they have war elephants. Right. And also they got like big Eric money. To, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's an animated uh, thing that they made for uh, this upcoming season too all about them. So clearly Clearly they're going to play some sort of a uh, big role. So yeah, Cersei has a golden company on her side. Uh, but let's remember, she also got her own zombie. Ah, uh, yes. The mountain and her mm. old mad scientist, uh, Kyburn. Yeah, Doc Kyburn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to go back. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, is he sitting on a cache of wildfire still, oh, maybe? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, does he have his own army of zombies that he's been working on this whole time? He kind of semi-perfected it with the Undertaker uh, version of the mountain. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe he has filled under King's Landing a bunch of those. Uh, also, you know, they've been working on this. Remember, a way to wound a dragon? Oh, uh, yeah. Remember his scorpion, uh, the giant crossbow they called the scorpion? Pretty oh, effective, right. yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, what's his? Uh, yeah, he used that to take down in that that whole loot train battle, right? Uh, and it worked. Yeah, it's, it's like, one of the few times yeah. where uh, you know just making a typical weapon a lot bigger made it more effective. It doesn't work with guns so much, but uh, yeah. So that's a thing that is still in play right now that they could be used against the Targaryens. Yeah, this is the first time that we've seen Cersei without anything to lose. Remember, at the end of season seven, uh, Jamie told her, uh, I'm the only one you have left. Our father's gone, our children are gone. It's just you and me now. But then he left. And then without her cooler-headed brother by her side, uh, she could be even more unhinged. Uh, this is the woman who's blown up half of King's Landing. And she said afterwards that it felt good to watch them burn. Oh, you know, uh, She has become a mad king or a mad queen in her own way. And her only objective is to survive and stay in power for herself and for her, quote, unborn child, if <laughs> that kid even exists. Yeah, um, supposed it on. Now we don't. We still don't know what the Night King wants, but his trajectory is pretty clear. He wants to march his army south and probably try to kill everyone in his way. With Cersei, it's hard to tell, right? She's holding her cards close to the chest. She's a powerful wild card with some uh, wild card friends that makes her a bigger threat in a lot of ways to the end game of the series. Cool. I think we talked to Golden Company to death. I think yeah. uh, we should probably get to another question. Uh, that, whoa, okay. he's getting. Is good this at the this. same bird or a different bird? Uh, it's a uh, polite not to ask. Okay, yes. Oh, this is the same oh, bird. All right. Uh, so let's see what uh, this note says. Uh, okay. What? Well, uh, did bird almost took almost the camera. The camera. Uh, well, we have a bird indoors, which is not a good idea. All right. So uh, speaking of Kyburn, at Maple Chiefs is asking, is there more wildfire? Was it depleted? Was it all used uh, Baylor and the, oh, and the Blackwater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's an interesting question. I think there's a very good chance Wildfire will play a part in Season 8. You know, there's a question we asked after Blackwater, did they use all of it? No, Cersei was still making more of it. And uh, it was. Uh, they brought up several points that it was stored underneath uh, important places in King's Landing, including the Great Sept of Baylor. And I think it would be foolish of Cersei to have used it all just to blow up that one major building. 
uh, you would think it would be an important weapon to have uh, not only against uh, your your enemies politically, but an enemy that is particularly vulnerable to fire, i.e. the whites. Uh, now, we don't know if the Night's King uh, and the other white walkers can be killed with fire as opposed to just Probably, his drones. Probably, though. damage. Yeah, he can't cross it. Oh, but he can it. put it out. He of. can put it out when he was uh, yeah. chasing Bran in the Hold the Door episode. He was able to create like a, a, a you know, like Moses, uh, kind of create a gap between it. Um, but it is an effective way to burn a bunch of stuff fast, including uh, an army of whites if need be. Yeah, I don't think it was all used up uh, at that big old, what, explosion uh, of green season trial. six. Yeah, the green trial. Uh, they probably would have made a big deal about it if they were like, this is the only time we're ever going to be able to use this. Yeah. Um, so Every at least drop try to. Yeah, yeah, glip, glip, glip. Uh, you know that Cersei and Kyburn are... Uh, made probably getting more wildfire priority and especially uh interesting now that they can use it to kill whites uh, uh john's display of burning the captured white's hand in front of cersei uh, and kybrand obviously uh, yeah. would have taught them like hey by the by if you happen to have secret fire stash maybe let's use that yeah there's also just this lingering threat of cersei's nuclear option of burning down king's landing the whole city like she mentioned a willingness to burn it all to the ground on more than one occasion and when someone repeats a threat like that you got to start taking them seriously uh fire and fury is never a good way to go uh and recall that jamie got the nickname kingslayer when he killed the mad king before he could burn down king's landing so jamie and cersei seem set on a collision course i would say in season eight with their uh encounter could mirror his encounter with uh, the Mad King. Could he have to repeat history? Could the Kingslayer become the Queenslayer? Would that fulfill the whole Volunkar theory that she was told in the books that she would die at the hand of the younger brother with her twin brother being born a couple minutes after her? Yeah, it just depends on if he's a bigger fan of Queen or Slayer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, well, uh, totally missed. Uh, 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 <laughs> we got another question. Uh, completely missed its mark, but uh, Eric got it. Great. I got it. Uh, cool. Oh. I, that looks like a broken wing, by the way. You're going to need to mend that. Uh, he doesn't want to give up that note easily. Bye bye. All right. Uh, oh, sorry, Devin. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right. Uh, oh, uh, okay. This is a very important question uh, from at OMG Productions uh, Podrick's Magic Rod. Oh. So are we going to find out why it works so well? Why oh. he mad? <laughs> uh, uh, we've gotten a lot of variations on this question, actually. Yeah, you guys well, are you guys kind are of real obsessed. curious. Yeah. Uh, besides Jamie's hand, this is probably the most mentioned body part in the history of Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. Mm, how big of a limb are we talking? Uh, what? That's Eric. what they want to know. I'm giving them what they want, Phil. Uh, syphilis, remember. Okay. No uh, one wants it. No so one wants it. It's probably a pretty big limb, is what we're saying. Uh, and. I don't think we're gonna see his, uh, you know, golden hand. Uh, Would in, be a bit excessive. Um, we made it this far with no pod full frontal. Um, that said, it's the last season. Uh, I'm gonna guess the series is gonna conclude with the image just in our imagination. Yes. Uh, we're not gonna find out why. It's like the mysterious city of Asai. Yes. Right. Very similar, uh, but like a penis yes. version of that. A yeah. Penis high. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we know from uh, the season eight trailer that we're going to see Pod in action. It looks like that action is probably going to stick in the battlefield and not in the bedroom. Yes. Though, I mean, you could get down on a battlefield. Right? Yeah. I think if there's one kind of dirty joke that will be finally revealed, it's going to be Tyrion's uh, honeycomb and a jackass joke. It's not going to be Pod's right. rod. How that plays out. I'm sure it'll yeah. pay off. Hopefully. Well, there's much more to talk about next week, including some things like the Crypts of Winterfell, what's going on with Bran, uh, and a major character that died in season seven, 
that might still be alive if you have enough tinfoil to wrap around your head. Yeah. All right. So uh, next week also is going to be the final pre-premiere episode. These mm-hmm. preview episodes we were doing that. Can you say that five times fast? Pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-